Hey guys, do you suffer from aches and pains, specifically the ones that you get on your neck, back, hips, everything in between? I know I do, and that's usually the sign for me to see a chiropractor. Well, I'd like to introduce our very first sponsor, and it is Dr. Andy from Cardinal Chiropractic and Sports Recovery. Dr. Andy specializes in helping runners, CrossFitters, and anyone else who loves a fitness lifestyle feel better, move better, and have more energy. He's actually helped a few of my close friends with some of their aches and pains as well. And as a special bonus, listeners of this podcast can get 15% off a dry needling package if they mention the podcast by name. That's Cooler Conversations. So if you want to feel your best, please be sure to check them out on Instagram at Cardinal Cairo Sports or on Facebook or their website, www.cardinalchirosports.com. And if you're not in the Burlington area, please be sure to hit up those Instagram and Facebook pages as well because there's plenty of content on there for you to dive in and find out what's going to work best for you. So again, that's Cardinal Cairo Sports on Facebook and Instagram or the website, www.cardinalchirosports.com. 15% off a dry needling package. You can't beat it. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Cooler Conversations, the podcast culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're not so new, welcome back. And if I'm welcoming you back, please be sure to leave a review, hit us up on the social media pages, and let me know what you think of the show. Today's guest is a dreamer, seeker, and a business-minded creative with recent endeavors, including a bold being, being a registered yoga teacher of 200 hours, and starting her very own podcast, Babylon Brooklyn. Today's guest is Brooke Lowry. What's up, Brooke? What's up? Thanks for having me. This is, so when I saw you do the podcast, to me, it made sense because your Babylon Brooklyn hashtag or your Instagram name just fits perfectly. I know. That was my first thought, too. I was like, it seemed like a natural step after everything else I've done on social media and blogging, you know, to take it, take it to the podcast world. Were you always so before you got into like the podcasting, um, where were you always like a talker? Like explain to me what babbling means for you. <laughs> I, I guess I guess you could say that. I'm sure my parents would probably say that. Um, I've just always been a, a thought thinker, sharer, always had an opinion. Um, I guess like, you know, was the same person that was in class that was like always talking. Teachers were always like, hey, you need to hush. And then as I got older, I was like, you know, I like talking and I have really strong opinions and I like sharing them and I like communities, you know, and then the whole Babylon B thing, it just falls into place. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It fits perfectly. I do have one question because this has been aching me and I've been trying to figure it out. How do you do that artwork, the silhouette thing? Oh, you know, procreate on the iPad. It's the easiest tool in the whole world. You can trace over things, but it's amazing. I mean, I also studied it, so I will give my parents a shout out because they paid they paid some money for me to, you know, master okay. that skill. Because <laughs> I was like, I've seen so many people do that. And then they're like, they're charging people to do it. I'm like, how is everyone learning this? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just, you know, drawing. And I think it's the most simplest way to get into drawing. iPad, though. We love it. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have to buy an iPad in order <laughs> to learn this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you started this podcast, here's what I've found, especially with me, is... 
my show has turned into an amalgamation of what I myself listen to when it comes to podcasts. And so I've listened, obviously you have two episodes out now. And if I was to, if I was to coin it, now let me know if I'm wrong. It's yoga segmented in, but it sounds kind of like you got a little bit of like a call her daddy vibe. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) A lot of Alex Cooper influences maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, definitely. You know, I mean, I listen to her, but I think one thing that makes Call Her Daddy just like so successful was that they were just so blunt and like out there. And especially as girls, it wasn't like some filter curated thing they were doing, but like their content still made sense and it resonated with a lot of people. And I I just found that it was a missing hole in the market. I mean, I've been on a path to self-growth and development and you know, turning inward for a really, really long time. And yoga kind of facilitated that journey a little bit into adulthood. But I was like, you know, there's still a part of me that's just like a little bold and likes to say fuck and, you know, <laughs> likes to do all that stuff too. So it was kind of finding a hybrid mash of both worlds, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I could be like a mentally stable and sound human, but, you know, we also keep it real. See, yeah, I uh, I totally get that, and like I like you said, pointed out earlier, this is kind of one of the the heavy hitter points I wanted to talk to you about. Is mm-hmm. um, like myself, this is kind of what I see is I I have a lot of potential ventures or interests of mine, and yeah. I know for you, um, like when you were in Elon, you were doing like the Brook the Brooklyn Street Shop. Uh, I believe you were working on. Uh, the G spot. Now you have the uh, a bold being, and now the podcast. So, do you consider yourself almost like a taste tester for life, or <laughs> is there uh, like a almost like an idea or venture per season of your life? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I mean, one, my dad is an entrepreneur too, so I've never really thought of my life as anything less than being able to create and do what I wanted to do work-wise, especially. And so I think when I get an idea, I've just like been very blessed enough to have the support of like my family to be like, Hey, you know, try it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's funny because the older I get, the more I see all of the pieces of things that I've been interested in kind of come together. So it's, I don't know. For me, it doesn't feel as so like random different projects. Um, it's more so that they all seem to like keep combining and growing. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, maybe by the time I'm 40, we'll, we'll have a full fledged little empire happening over here. See, I, I totally understand that. Cause, uh, on my end, I was looking through my event cause you, like I guess I was looking at your stuff. You had, uh, those three main things or four things and then whatever else you're working on. Um, I was looking at my own ventures and I was like, oh my God, like all of them end up intertwining into my personality in some sort. So you went, it's almost like at least what I'm seeing with the both of us is that instead of finding our niche, we're building a niche within our own brand. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I've always said that too. And I think it's just, and ever since I've met you and like your team smiley stuff and now the podcast and everything else you're doing too has felt that way where it's just, you have these brands and companies that then just like ooze the personality of the person that's doing it. And that's kind of what makes it so special, I think. And so unique, you know, because at the end of the day, almost everything's been done. I think it's a rarity to get somebody who starts a company that's like completely new in their industry, you know? So the little special piece that like makes things so successful is that that personality and that authenticity that aligns with whoever is passionate enough, you know, to get it going. Yeah, I I agree with that. 
Kind of. I was <laughs> I was going to ask you, one of my questions was, do you have, um, is there anything that you're seeing out there that you see is not being do, done right? As oh, far as like building up, as far as like building a brand or something like that. So actually what my, my biggest interest right now is the retail space and, um, especially what that looks like going into a more digital world. Um, because I love retail at the core of, you know, everything. I love spaces. I love physically being able to like go in and see things and shop things. Um, and then, you know, COVID hits too. And you see how many people were left in the dust because of their inability to transfer to a digital space. And I think there's a really interesting thing that's coming that has not been done yet that integrates the digital life and having like a physical showroom space. Because people say that stores are going to die, but I, I just simply don't ever see that happening. Um, I think what it is is there's like a miss on how we can translate things to like integrate better. So like, for instance, like more digitally integrated fitting rooms, you know, so mm -hmm. you go in and you can like try on things and see what else is offered virtually, you know, versus physically having to have product in showrooms or even just like weird technology things that I'm really into about like being able to track what clothes are going into fitting rooms. Like you would a shopping cart online and then being able to see like your turnover, like you would online or like your abandoned cart, like you would online. Mm -hmm. So like for the analytical people out there, you know, I think there's a ton of opportunity, but right now that is like at the forefront of my interest. Cause I think there's a really big gap and like a really big opportunity for the people who like want to put those efforts in to really, really succeed in a retail space right now. Correct. Call me crazy, but you know, it's the middle of a pandemic, but no, I, have I, a lot of faith in it. I agree with that. I know. Uh, so I heard this, um, where I was thinking about it the other day. And it's a, um, so everyone thinks, like you said, that the general retail space is going to die. But when I think back of what I enjoy, so like, I think of like a bookstore, right? No mm -hmm. one's going to really go to like Barnes and Noble because no one wants to be sold to these ideas. But I will walk into a used bookstore that has a little bit of like a boutique look to it, almost like an experience to it. Those I see thriving. And that's where I see the retail space going almost back to that mom and pop shop pre mall era in the eighties. Absolutely. I think too, you hit it like nose on the head there with, um, experiential. Cause that's been the word that I floated around with a lot of like my projects that I'm kind of focused on right now is that I think people crave an experience. It's not enough right now to just like open up and not be unique, you know, and not put that like homey touch to it. Everything everyone's looking for. And I mean like, okay, you could, you could say it's from social media too, that we like overly curated, perfect spaces and things like that to mm -hmm. enjoy. But I think you're so right. I think it's going to turn away and like just mass openings of stores isn't going to be as embraced as like what you said, like more of that, like mom and pop curated kind of spaces. So are, are you going to be orchestrating that into uh, the thing that you're working on right now? Like, so uh, I guess my question is, cause I tried to look it up. What is uh, a bold being? Yeah. So it really honestly is me migrating away from the G spot, which was, a huge passion project of mine um, on opening up spaces and opening up really what the G spot was originally was going to be a women's space. That was also a co-working space and almost like a design lab. So having everything from, you know, like breast pumping stations to a gym in space that you're doing all of this co-working 
but then also having people that are like freelance women that are creatives and doing things like that and putting them all in a space where they can kind of utilize each other. So that was where the GSAT was. And then just as I've gotten a little bit more direct and like what I really love about co-working spaces and what I really like about all of that was just a better focus on community and growth and having those like experiential kind of interactions. Um, and that is what a bold bean is. I also really miss Brooklyn street and having a store. So there's a lot of that incorporated. Um, but yeah, it just, it's a scary next step because it actually involves, you know, asking for outside help and funding and things like that, because it really is a big adventure and everything else I've done in the past have all been self-funded by me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it takes a little bit extra focus and, you know, dedication to it, but I will say but it's exciting. I will say this because um, I'm I'm a big nerd for like marketing. I thought the the you know just the the name and like the ID behind it, the G spot sounded brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. I just I thought so too. I just imagined like you having this amazing community for women, and then as the name says, we men wouldn't be able to find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, it was good when my dad could get on board with it too. So okay. that was a fun conversation when we were pitching it to him. And he's like, you know, I get it. And it really works. I was like, it kind of does, doesn't it? With your ideas, do you tend to, um, after it kind of wanes out of your, uh, out of, you know, like out of your attention, do you build the grave for it or do you, do you wait for it to maybe bloom later on in life? Like, do you kill it or do you just, uh, let it just sit for a little bit? I think a little bit of both. I think it was like I was saying before that it just, it starts to evolve into other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like a lot of times when I get bored of projects, I've, it's more me outgrowing it or it growing, outgrowing it where it existed then. Um, So I think a lot of it too is just like it always is somehow connected in whatever else comes next. So where do you see, I hate, I always hate this question, but I feel like it could be interesting (laughs) for uh, the podcast to maybe work through this. So where do you see your ultimate ideas leading you to? Like if we're, if, if we're living the perfect world, we just had the conjunction star. So like everything worked out for you. Where is, where does all of this lead to? Yeah, that's a very difficult question. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I, the thing I have always been called to is, having a physical space and community. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's what got me into yoga. That is what carries me through so much. Um, I've been working at a camp for all girls that does like personal development, growth, leadership kind of work since I was like 12 years old. Um, I was camper there and then I did the work and the work that's done there is so impactful in what I want to share going forward too. So I think end all be all goal would be able to like have spaces. I mean, if we're going to go really big, we'll say that they're across country Um, spaces that house that kind of connection, that house that kind of growth and teaching and everything all together, almost just like wellness centers. I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sounds like a silly, a silly way to put it, but that is what it is. And then again, because it's me and, I like fashion and I like, you know, the bold things too, that that'll always be incorporated, whether it's like stores within it too. But I just think spaces are so safe and sacred when they're done the right way that that's always, always been my calling. Have you been able to find, I almost hate this term because it's used so much, but have you been able to <laughs> like find a tribe of people who also 
fit that same uh, way of thinking? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, graduating college was really difficult. And I mean, this is probably a whole other podcast. You could talk about that um, and what it's like to lose a community. And for the first time in your life, really having to find your own community. So I struggled with that for a really long time. But um, I joined Lululemon and their team, and I've been with them for two years. And one of the reasons I wanted to work with them so badly was because the people are so driven and healthy-minded and focused and all of that. And even to this day, they're the biggest supporters ever with my growth within the company, my growth with like outside of the company, all my personal ventures. But they've become my best friends and complete tribe, like you said, of people of that. Do you, are there things that they're doing that you guys can like um, collaborate on? Definitely. And I think what's interesting too is how much I've learned because an essential part of kind of these spaces I want to build has that fitness component. And so I'm working with all types of instructors, yoga, you know, Orange Theory, boot camp, um, Pilates, and hearing and understanding what they're doing and what they want as teachers is just it's given me a lot of ideas, you know, of what is kind of missing in the market for mm-hmm. fitness instructors too. Okay. Um, because I think in that sphere too, I think there's a big opportunity to encourage entrepreneurship without having to be locked into a studio, um, which is the feedback I get most from everyone. Because as I'm learning, it takes a lot to actually have a physical space and open up your own studio. But then a lot of people don't want to be locked into like a certain gym or contract or whatever that looks like to teach in-house somewhere else. Um, So honestly, floating around the idea too of what it would look like to have co-working spaces almost as fitness instructors, you know, and having places that are able to be rented out and used as they need, you know, without having to be obligated in a contract to us. So. I've seen There's a the, lot of that stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a, a lot of places they'll do that. They'll grab like an old warehouse that almost looks like the apartment to New Girl. They mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll have like uh, well, there's a place in Durham. They uh, they have like old shipping containers that they've turned into like each shipping container is its own little studio where you can have your own boutique, your own little office mm-hmm. space. And I've seen that grow and grow more. So I definitely know it's out there. But I guess what I'm interested in is because you're in. Um, Missouri, correct? Yes, in St. Louis. In St. Louis. What is the culture like in the Midwest? Because I grew up in Ohio. The Ohio itself <laughs> is almost dying economically versus like here in North yeah. Carolina. I saw someone posted this a couple weeks ago. I quote it all the time. Burlington itself, like the small town that you know Elon kids make fun of, <laughs> the Burlington town or the city is ranked number eight in the country for populations under 250,000 with small businesses. Yeah, that's amazing. So what is the culture in the Midwest? Yeah. So St. Louis, I mean, it, it's been that cusp of like a small, small town feel with like a city touch to it. Okay. Um, But the last couple of years has been incredible for us in our startup life. We have a ton of venture capitalists, firms that are here, a ton of accelerator programs for startups that are here. Um, I I think we're at like a point where like we could be bigger. <laughs> I think we're still, this year we had the largest homicide rate. Oh my so God. people are still very um, weary to come to St. Louis. But what's hard to understand is St. Louis is, it's kind of like LA where you, you say you're from LA, but really you're in the county that's like around it. St. Mm-hmm. Louis the same way. It's like you say you're from St. Louis, but really everything else is happening outside of the city. 
Um, but it's amazing. I mean, the, it has it has that small town feel, almost like Burlington does, or something like that, where everyone is kind of connected, like at least one person away or two persons away, you know, from meeting or getting to know anybody. Um, and I think what's great about here too is there's a lot of money here and a lot of old money that's good for investing, which is why I think all of these startups and like venture capitalist firms and stuff like that have been so successful. Okay, so you see yourself yeah. rooting in uh, St. Louis. Uh, I would say, yeah, I actually would. I, my ideal life, I would like be traveling a lot more than during a pandemic. That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even traveling for work, I've always loved that idea. My dad's always done that too. And I just think it, it's an exciting thing, but I think the growth opportunity that's here plus the community is just, it's addicting. It's actually one of the things that I miss most too, even from leaving Burlington was just how tight knit that community is. Um, so I don't think I would ever go to a city larger than here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any, um, what you would say or what, or who do you consider as like your inspiration? Um, like, is there books? Is there like websites? I know for you, which is, I find interesting is that you're an, it seems like an old movie buff. That's always on your Instagram stories. <laughs> so do you find any inspiration in those? I am. I love old movies. I love old music, um, like nine times out of 10. And I'm talking like old, like we're talking like thirties, forties music. Um, I do. I like, I like the feeling of it. I think I've always been a feeling person or like you could say aesthetic before even like aesthetic was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I get a lot of inspiration of it. Fashion wise, I always did too. Um, just from the movies and the culture and all of that, it just has such like a richer, more, I don't know, vibrant, vibrant feel to it than anything else that I relate to. But I mean, definitely there's a lot. Sophia Maruso, I will always give her credit as like my first inspiration girl boss wise on just, it was the first time I remember being in high school, looking at a female who started a company and was successful and didn't come about her success in a normal way. She didn't go to college. She like started it as an eBay store just out of her apartment to make money. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, people are doing this and like being successful and they're not going to Harvard law, you know? Yeah. So I still, I still will give her credit, even though, you know, she's had her ups and downs since, but that was, that was that click moment for me of, Oh, Oh, you can kind of actually do whatever, whatever you want to do. It's so true. I had, I feel like I've, uh... I've heard this. We've all heard this a thousand times, but I literally sat here. I was doing the podcast and it was after that. And I really was just like, I cannot believe I'm allowed to just do this. I'm allowed to just walk <laughs> around and talk to people and people want to talk to me. That's insane. Uh huh. Do you have, isn't it a wild, a wild thought? Like when you look at your life to be able to be like, this is what I get to do. So, well, I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I'm pretty sure my life is, uh, you ever watch a wonderful life? Yes. I'm pretty sure I'm George Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, well, it's always been a running joke. So I was running the, the team smiley stuff and my brother went to college. I, I always just took a couple classes cause I always thought I was too cool for school. Cause I, that's another story, but uh -huh. the, uh, it was always like he went to college and I was there with the broke business doing everything hound town. And it was just like, that was always the running joke that I'm going to, one day I'm going to have like this really like epiphany moment <laughs> and then everyone in town's going to come and visit me. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Super corny. 
It is though, but I feel like you're doing that with your podcast. I feel like you're telling stories and you're getting to connect with people and shed a light on like what is important in life. And that is connection and relationships. Do you want to know, um, it's honestly, what's crazy is I heard that uh, that was a quote, literally verbatim what you just said on the office. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Michael Scott says it when he argues with, uh, uh, Oscar about China. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, office. <laughs> we could quote that for days. Yeah, we definitely could. I uh, so I do want to ask you this because you yeah. tend to have a lot of ideas. Do you have you ever read the book Big Magic? I have not. Oh, okay. All right. This we need to pause this. You need to go read it. <laughs> Big Magic. Is Big that Magic. It's by the same okay. writer who did. Uh, oh my God! Now I can't remember it. But anyway, so uh, she wrote this, and essentially it's about the idea that every idea is not, it's never your idea, but ideas will choose you because you're in the situation that can definitely do them. And you have the choice of either letting them go, and that's almost like the moment where you see like you had an idea, and then like three months later, someone else came with the, up with the idea, and you're like, what the hell? I just did that. Yes. <laughs> I think you would enjoy that. I think that'd be a good read for you. Definitely. I just looked it up as we were talking and I've seen the cover too, because that stood out to me. And that's, it's just, a, it's an interesting concept to think about. Cause I, I think it is that way too. And I think it's, Oh, she was the author of eat, pray, love. That was there it. You go. Yeah. <laughs> Another great one. Um, but I do think it's interesting and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in it too. And for me, it looks like meditation too, where I know if I take more time to be still how much comes to me and it comes to me when I'm ready and when it comes to me when I'm ready to make something happen about it. Have you built a routine around that? Around my meditation? Yeah. I have, and I've actually been very proud of it. So it's a good thing you asked me. (laughs) Um, I really got back into it. It's something I've been doing since high school, honestly. Um, And then I got a Peloton in our house and we use the app and it has amazing meditations, five minutes up to like 30 minutes of it. So every night now, before I go to bed, I put the phone away, turn on any meditation, let it go. And then I also have my thoughts notebook, which is something that I've always used. I hate to say the word like journal or diary because <laughs> it gives it a very girly mm-hmm. feel to it, but it, it's more like a thoughts dump. It's called a blog now. It's 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it all goes there and, you know, it gets it out before you go to sleep. You can sleep clear headed, but it's brought me so much peace and so much routine, like you said, too, on just having a quiet space. And I've noticed the more I do it, the more I have those just like clarity thoughts of ideas and things. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to uh, her name's Hannah Euler. She was on a few episodes back. I sent her a message. We were talking about like building a, a a habits in the morning. I do what's called like a power hour, what I've called it a power hour, where it's like 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of Wim Hof breathing for all you woo-woos mm-hmm. out there, and then <laughs> 20 minute walk and then 20 min- 20 minutes of reading. And that's before uh-huh. I even touch my phone. And it's just it's crazy when you take off like not looking at social media, not looking at what the world is trying to th- shove down your throat first thing in the morning and it's just like amazing. Mhm. Well, and I don't know if you've ever found this struggle, but I always have that that issue where I get really aligned in a routine like that, but then I want to share it because yes. of social media. And not even an outside source, but I think social media does offer a lot of connection and like joy. So then it's a 
it's a vicious cycle for me on staying off it, but also staying balanced. I can a hundred percent attest to that. I don't know if you saw my stories. There was like two weeks where I was like really into my fitness and I was like, let me do this dice roll thing. And it became a <laughs> chore. And I was like, this is not fun at all. Yes. So that's, yes, I've only yes. shared, I've only shared the power hour on the podcast or with like per people individually. Cause I found once it hits social media, then it's like, Oh, it's just, it becomes a drudge. Mm-hmm. It does. And it becomes, it, again, it starts to become disingenuous, I think yes. at a certain point too. Until you have millions of followers and then you can bank off of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least do the hustle for it. So have you found any um, any motivation or any any troubles with the motivation, especially last year going forward, or have you stayed pretty headstrong? You know, a little bit of both. I think everyone has gone through a roller coaster of emotions through this whole thing, and I, I definitely was it. I, I remember when this whole pandemic started back in March, um, I was coming off of doing my teacher training. So mm -hmm. I had been back in North Carolina pretty much alone for two me two months doing that. And then I came home and then it went back into lockdown. And so for the first month I was like, you know, this is great. I can just kind of disconnect even further and take care of myself and be lazy. Cause we had just been doing so much yoga and so much work. I was like, I need a time off. Um, and then I definitely hit a low point over summer and things like that, where it just felt like it was never going to end, especially like I've said a couple of times through this whole podcast so far, I love community mm -hmm. and to be without that for so long, I was doing online yoga, you know, I was doing Zoom stuff, but there's something that's just so special about like physically being with people that I think I missed. Um, and then I went back to work a couple months ago physically and it was a game changer for me. And it really, it really helped at least align in places that I felt off. I think that was a hard part through the whole thing too, is feeling, feeling unmotivated or feeling uninspired and having to remind myself this is normal or for what is happening because of what is happening is so abnormal and is so abnormal in life, you know? Yeah. So are you going to, how, how's your experience been through the whole thing? Oh goodness. Uh, so it's, it was weird. Like I started 2019, like I started 2020, like everyone else, like this is my year. No one else will trump me. And then the world trumped me. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, what was crazy is March hit. I, uh, you know, I, I dealt with, I, I lost, uh, income because of the swimming was done and it just became crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, so I posted, I got like really into TikTok, and I was like, I got nothing but time. <laughs> and I was doing the podcast at the time. And what was crazy is I put out like one TikTok that was about, about Burlington and lo and behold, it went super viral around here. Like people were showing me it, not knowing it was me in the freaking video. <laughs> And I was like, it then clicked with me that I was like, holy shit, there is literally a market of people around here that want to hear stories or things that they can relate to physically. Because it was like, it had like 100,000 views on Facebook. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, let me, let me dive into the podcast. And then I was like, because I, for me as a child, I always just love to talk and it just culminated into this. But um, it then started, it went from, uh, let me do, let me hear the stories of, uh, oh my God, of 
essential employees. And then it went mm-hmm. from that to small business owners where I was doing like the small business, big heart. And then I just came into like, everyone has a story an interest, a passion, a project, a thing that upsets them, something they want to talk about. And like, no one's having conversations anymore. Like even this like 30 minute conversation that we're having, normal mm-hmm. people don't have conversations with maybe like five people in a year regularly. Yeah. And so that's Absolutely. where I was, I was like, there's, there's definitely something that, um, that, uh, that was missing. And so I guess to answer the overall question, I was like, I can take, you know, everyone else was struggling in 2020, but I was like, I can take advantage of this. Definitely. And I think I, I guess I kind of relate to that sentiment too, because I, I felt really fortunate that I didn't have a terrible 2020 compared mm-hmm. to a lot of people especially just like in our country and everything. Um, but I think one of the things I've just been most grateful for and grateful to be grateful for is my mindset about the whole thing is because I think I took it as such an opportunity to slow down and actually reassess what I wanted in life and to like take away all of the comparison of where I thought I should be at this time of my life or what I thought I should be doing. And got hold of a lot of values that I like didn't realize were there. And I think it's that slowness and that pause everyone kind of had that was like, okay, what, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be valuing? And like you said, it is, it comes down to conversations. It comes down to hearing people and having people share stories. And, you know, there's so much more going on in everyone's life than we ever know. And I think this whole year has been a good slowdown to actually reconnect with that. Exactly. So do you see uh, your podcast going in that direction or are we going to see a completely different uh, transformation down the line? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I I think I just need to let it kind of unfold the way that it's going to unfold. Yeah. Um, one thing I think I admire about your podcast too so far is that I love that you have just normal people on you know, that are doing cool things. And I think that's something, you know, that I like too about just podcasting because I think it is everyone has a story and it doesn't have to be these like massive, you know, recognizable people to share something that's impactful and that can, you know, change somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Not to, if Dwayne, the rock Johnson is uh, listening, not to detract you from being on the pod. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We're more than happy to have you as a guest. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I completely understand that sentiment too. When I first started this podcast, it originally it was like cooler conversations. I was like, I can sit around and do bullshit like, uh, Joe Rogan and talk about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's funny is like the, the name of my show is someone asked me this the other day. It was, uh, it's a double entendre because essentially yeah. it's like when you think of a cooler conversation, it's a water cooler conversation where you just talk about bullshit at work. And yep. then I also use it as an adjective because people people have cool things they want to talk about. Definitely. So Yeah, it works. So it does. And it gives it just like that whole vibe that it's a comfortable place to have the conversation. Because I think that's one thing I know I'm going to stay true with with Babylon Brooklyn is just always being real. I mean, unfiltered. I would like never script out a show. I would never do anything like that. Because I think, you know, it just needs, sometimes it needs to be casual. And sometimes you need to talk about important things in life in a casual setting without having to give it like all of this power and attention, you know? Yeah. 
Are there any uh, hard-hitting topics that you specifically are going, you want to nail down in your podcast? Like, are there things that you have a passion about that you definitely want to discuss? Yeah, I I think it'll always be personal growth focused. Yeah. Um, and I think it will definitely be a lot of my story shared. Um, I think that was one of the issues I always ran into when I was blogging too, was I had these like really great sentiments that I wanted to share and I knew it was resonating with a lot of people, but I'm not one to type my words. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so podcasting became such an easier way to me to convey everything that like I've gone through and to share stories. And more specifically, I think just stories about defining success in your own life and things like that and what your life needs to look like as a 20 some year old, you know, coming out of college and a lot of my peers going through the same. I just think there's a lot, there's a lot of relatability there. And there's a lot of relatabilities of like my growing up story. I got kicked out of my middle school for being like a little too bold. (laughs) And there's, you know, there's a lot of good little nuggets of wisdom. I think I've collected along the way. (laughs) Yeah. Where is that going to be? That should be episode three. Yeah, definitely. You know, it probably will be. If I was, my parents have officially gotten past the point of being mortified when I bring it up. So <laughs> I think it can be shared publicly now. I was going to say, because we've been talking a lot of pros on my end. I've, Like I said, I listened to both of your episodes. Um, I definitely see a lot of promise. You're very good in front of the microphone. Even with this podcast right here, people who have listened this far, will they, they've been pretty good at judging who have been good and who hasn't been good on a podcast i'm not going to name names but uh it's it's very refreshing to have more podcasters that or even just people doing a podcast or just talking on audio that are willing to talk about their experiences in life and just doing it linguistically and you're very good at that Mm -hmm. thank you yeah i think you know it comes from a lot of practice i've always liked public speaking i've been doing it for a long time too and i think that I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I do think some people are blessed more with like sharing stories audibly. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a shit writer to be honest, you know, and even my writing was very conversational. Um, so I, I think it's special and I think it's something it's way more just attainable in general. You know, you can listen to a podcast as you're driving or you're at the gym or you're doing so many other things and still absorb the information versus you know some other mediums of sharing okay i completely agree with that um and then i've i'm gonna just end it here with our uh, last question because i don't want to take too much of your time um yeah. what because i know you're talking about self-growth what do you think you've seen the most from people that i don't want to say lacking but what do you think people should be working on most going into the new year or even for that matter what are you going to go into the new year working on this year you know, that's a, that's a big question. we got big questions <laughs> on this podcast. Definitely. Honestly, I, th- I think the thing that's stuck, I'm going to go with my gut here. Um, you know, so don't come at me if it's not the most thought through answer here. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I think it's the, the need for acceptance on where you're at without having to change. So I think about that a lot too, with going into the new year and it sounds a little bit backwards than like the entire new year's culture and industry in general, which mm-hmm. is all about like new you resolutions, gyms are offering like cheap memberships and all of that, which I think is great. But I think where I'm at in my life personally, and I think a lot of people, you know, 
could value learning too is that sometimes being where you're at is the best place to be and you know embracing that and I think I've learned too just from trying to force so many things to happen that when you just kind of like let it over and you find self-acceptance in wherever you're at the growth happens anyway you like show up for it when you're ready versus it being this kind of battle within yourself so I've always tell people too like everyone in my life. I'm like, you don't need to do your resolution. Like keep doing whatever you're doing right now to be a better version of you. And also if you're not in a space to give the energy to be a bigger and better version of you, that's okay too. Um, And I think that's been a sentiment I've carried kind of through the pandemic is I've heard from a lot of my friends. I'm like, everyone's out here working out, making the most of their times, but like, I'm still bedridden and depressed and anxious about everything that's going on. And that, you know, wherever you're at, that that's okay. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with uh staying we need you need to start in order for you to progress, you need to start from a uh, a point of grace and being uh accepting of where you are right now. Almost like meeting you where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think like this is kind of controversial even I guess from somebody who's in the self-help industry or, or whatever you want to call it. But like some like there's not always necessarily a need or like a pressure to make a change. And I think we get very caught up in that. And there's like always like be the best version of you at all times. When sometimes, like you said, it comes from just having grace and like being okay with where you're at. And then from that point, seeing where you want to go. I completely agree. That is amazing. uh, New year resolution goals. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, How about you? What's yours? Oh, goodness. That- my new year? Okay. <laughs> yeah. My new year resolution, because I'm trying to manifest things, I'm trying to become more empathetic. Okay. That, if that makes sense. Because I feel like 2020, I uh, it's easy for me to become judgmental when you see things on the news, when you see people doing things. And I, this is why I, I spent most of last year reading. I've been doing these conversations. And I want to get to the point where when when someone tells me something, where even if I disagree with it, I don't want to jump to a conclusion without having a logical, uh, not even just logical, without having like a compassionate thought process to it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a plan for practice? Because I think that's a hard that's a hard one to reframe in your brain. I so like I said, I, I try to read as much as possible with even if it comes down to like topics I don't understand or can't formulate around. Um, I, as far as like practice, I think com- these com- these podcasts I've been doing. This is what's crazy is like one of the things I have uh, when I was starting this is I have it written on the board behind me. Is um, this isn't meant this? It's almost like a second. Um, it's a second bonus that I get to put this out here. I have maybe a one sponsor or two sponsors at a time, but it's what can I gain from the conversation? What can yeah. I learn from this podcast with the person? Like I want to get to the point where like I I want to get on my phone and I look at my contacts and I go, "Well, I have a question about this." And I text the person I just had a great conversation with about it, even if I disagreed with them, so I can have that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Do you read any Brene Brown? I do not. Right now I'm reading Tim Ferriss a lot and a lot of Jordan Peterson. If you if you're diving into the journey that is 
empathy and everything around what goes into empathy. Brene Brown is your gal. Okay. Yeah. Or her podcast too is fantastic too, but her, her entire research is about vulnerability and courage and empathy and how basically one can't exist without the other. So very, very good perspective, especially if you like science too. Yeah. You know, your stuff, <laughs> she's a good one for that because she's a researcher. I just pulled her up. So B-R-E-N-E Brown, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Any specific book of hers? You know, they're all really great. Dare to Lead is the first one that I've really read, um, but they're all they're all fantastic. Okay. Also, her Oprah, like Soulful Sundays or Soulful podcast that she does with her is um pretty great too and it's a good kind of like shot in the arm of what to expect from her <laughs> without having to read <laughs> okay no yeah i'll add it to my list I've, that's just this is another thing i wanted to do is i want to get to the point where i can uh get book ideas from uh guests so this is awesome i'll add that to my amazon list there you go but you have to get big magic yep it is it's already pulled up on amazon don't worry <laughs> Well, Brooke, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm going to tag you. If you got anything to add, please be sure or uh, please throw it in there before we finish it. But on Instagram, I got you at Babylon Brooklyn. Guys, check her out on Instagram. You can go from there and hit up uh, Brooks. A oh my god, I just lost the page. A bold being. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out a bold being through her Instagram page, um, as well as her podcast, Babylon Brooklyn. Brooke, thank you again for being on. Yeah, of course. Tyler, anytime. Thank you so much. It was so fun. And you're my first person I've ever done a show with. So, you know, I feel honored. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We gotta build it. We gotta build this podcast community. Definitely. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friend. Subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram as well or on the Facebook at Cooler Conversations. And as always, this podcast is the culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. This is Cooler Conversations. Later. Later.